Hey everyone, it's Jaime Alejandro here. I just wanted to share a few things before we get on with the episode. But if you may have noticed uh, in the episode description, you'll see that this is the 100th episode of Arts Calling. It's crazy. It's wild. And I'm overwhelmed with joy and excitedness and, and love and all kinds of things. But I just wanted to share a few thoughts, get them off my chest real quick, and <laughs> we'll keep this thing rolling. So. First and foremost, I want to say thank you to my brilliant, brilliant guests who have taken the time to share their insights, to teach us how to be incredible artistic role models, and to serve as best we can through our art, through our expression. You guys are amazing, and you have made me a better artist, not only a better artist, but a better human being. I feel it in the way that I live my life now, in the way that I'm a better husband and a better parent. I, I just feel like I'm indebted to the contributions that you have made in these conversations with me. I'm really grateful for your time. And of course, thank you to the listeners for making Arts Calling a part of your podcast rotation. You mean the world to me, and I hope that we're giving you valuable insight in the way folks in various different forms and mediums create their work, how they balance their life. I, I'm just very grateful that you've uh, allowed us a, a place in your, um, in your listening habits. I'm, I'm incredibly grateful to you. And of course, I want to thank my family, my mom and dad, my sisters, my friends, and most importantly, my wife and son, who are really the greatest, greatest collaborators in my life that I could have ever asked for. And I guess I just wanted to say one more thing, which is how funny it is that even though we resist the thing that make us happiest, some of us anyway, we end up coming back around to that which fulfills us the most, which is creative expression. And when I was a kid, all I wanted to do was write and record in some shape, way, or form. I wanted to tell stories. I wanted to sing from rooftops and from mountains like Ricardo Montaner for some of us old Latinx, Latinx kids who, uh, who know who this guy is. I wanted to do that. And of course, I wanted to get in front of a microphone and interview people and get to know them and get to learn where they come from and why they do the things they do and how they do it. And I recall, you know, being a, being a kid, taking my dad's tape recorder and going around and interviewing my cousins, and we would make up stories and we would play. As, as a kid, that's, that's really just how I saw the world and how I understood things, by hitting that record button and going on an adventure with somebody. And I just think it's so silly that decades later, here I am doing the exact same thing. And... I am beyond grateful that I have this opportunity to be here with you, talking with you, and just know that I do not take this for granted, and I hope to continue to serve our creative community online as best I can. And stay tuned, because the next 100 episodes are going to be just as amazing, if not better, and I'm going to keep doing my due diligence so that I can become a better interviewer, so I can continue to serve in a more strategic way to try to get better at what I do and we will go from there but rest assured 
this is this is a good time for Arts Calling, and I couldn't have made it happen without you. No matter where you are, thanks for all you do, and keep at it, because we got we got work to do. So, I'll leave it there. Thanks again for everything, and enjoy the episode. Hello, anybody there? No, we're not here. That's super creepy. Oh my. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. You, you brought it. You brought it big time. Alvaro. Yeah, man. This is, this is how we do it, man. (laughs) I mean, if you're a real deal Astros fan, you gotta. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you just gotta. I should have been prepared. I should have brought my mask too. Mabel, thank you so much for joining us too. It's great to meet you. Oh, nice to meet you too. Thanks for thanks for inviting me into this conversation. I feel very under okay, thank you. Because I was like, I don't have okay. a mask. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. I just want to come in and show it off. That's right, that's right. Any opportunity. <laughs> so uh I want to thank you folks so much for doing this. I know that we had another kind of change of plans just just a moment ago but i really want to thank you first of all because this is episode 100 of this podcast wow and congratulations. so i i'm really happy that well first of all alvaro you got to be here because you were my fourth guest you were my fourth guest on this wow. podcast uh so that wow. was that was pretty wild and and mabel i just think this is going to be a wonderful time I love your work. I, I've just started reading some stuff this week and uh, love the podcast as well. So we're going to keep it nice and loose today <laughs> because I think that when the plan goes out the window, uh, it's nice to have a little bit of a, of a fun, laid back conversation. So first and foremost, I'm going to I'm going to finish talking. But how are you both and where are you? Oh, I, I'm, I'm doing well. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm in Chicago. Um, uh yeah I, um yeah hi I'm Alvaro. <laughs> My hi, hi Jaime. I am in San Diego. I'm actually 15 minutes away from the um international border. So I'm like south You're San right Diego. There. Yeah. Repping the see Mexico from your house. <laughs> you can totally no you literally can. If you if you get on my roof at night you can see the Tijuana lights. Very oh proud of that. I was born in Tijuana, so I'm I'm happy so, that all I have to do is climb the roof to see the motherland. So home's uh, right there, you know. At, at least uh, every every look out the window, that's amazing. So first and foremost, guys, uh, let let me ask you: you have started working on a play together, and I just caught wind of this this morning, and uh, <laughs> I was amazed that I was just kind of snooping around Alvaro's website, and I found the script, and I read it voraciously. I was so excited. Because I, I figured that might be a really, really good place to start in terms of how you folks know each other and uh, how that little project came to be. And then maybe we can uh, we can move on from that. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's um, how uh, I think. Uh, how do we get to know each other, Mabel? I think that's how we start first. I, I know right? our origin story because it <laughs> yeah. started out. It started. I was taking a playwriting class with Idris Goodwin. I think it was a playwright center offering and it was during the like the beginning of the pandemic. So like the Zoom class model was just taking off, you know? Mm. 
Um, and Alvaro was a guest speaker in that class. You remember that, Alvaro? I do. I do. Okay. So then, so my my colleague Tori, who's the the co-host of of the podcast, like I sent her a message. I'm like, we have to get him on the podcast. Ah. Um, and so uh, because we have a, a podcast about playwriting in life called Hey Playwright. Um, shameless plug. Um, <laughs> but uh, so that's how it. So that's where. Alvaro um, first appeared on my radar because I had read Luchadora. That's why, like, I had read Luchadora, and then um, and then he came on, um, and I was like, "Dude, we 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 need to get this guy. He seems really cool." Um, and then we <laughs> sent him a message, and like crickets, no response. No. <laughs> I'm just too busy. <laughs> too busy, right? <laughs> but on his website, I don't know if you still have this, Alvaro, but on your website it says like, "We'll respond within 24 hours." And I was like, "Dude, this dude is totally blowing us off." And uh, so then I think like, I think um, time passed and I was like, Tori, I'm gonna just like send another email. Like what the heck, you know? Um, and I sent another one and I was like, I don't know if you're blowing us off or, you know, or if like this went to your spam, <laughs> da, da, da. And he writes back, he's like, I responded right away. Sure enough, it was the only message in our spam and it was it was a really nice message from him saying, "Yeah, I'll be on the on the podcast." So that's really where it began. We had him on the podcast. It was our longest episode. Um, at at that point, it was the longest episode. I don't. I think like others have since been longer, but that was like epic. It was, a, and we had to edit so much. There was a lot yeah. of it that didn't make because we just yeah. kept talking and talking. It was such a great conversation. Um, it was a great episode, by the way. I well, yeah, yeah devoured it. <laughs> I want to I want to release a part two of that because there were there was stuff that that we didn't get to because it was just it was going on. That's right. I mean, I, I think it should go on forever, but, you know, you got to do you got to do a series. I think if you serialize the podcast now, we might we might do a little bit better, especially with the, the Alvaro top billing there. You have the video yeah. with oh the mask. <laughs> it's going to be amazing. No, it's going to be man. great. <laughs> sure, for sure. I mean, I I'm not gonna lie. I could, I could, I talk and tell stories forever. But like, I mean, I, I, I want to make space for like, you know, awesome people like, like you all. Like, I mean, but I mean, I, I want to continue the story in terms of that's yes. how we first met, and then, um, and then I became aware of, um, you know, Marvel as a playwright in terms of I, I read her play uh, Loteria Game On. Um, I think I had actually read it after it was uh, um, selected for the um, the uh, what was the name of the um, yeah, the reimagine uh, mm. TYA um, thing. And so I was like, okay, like I, I want to, I had never heard in terms of, I was like, yeah, I want to see where her work is. And so when I read it, um, I uh, like, I, I, not that I don't get this with, you know, I mean, there's certain plays that when I read, I'm like, I get a little jealous because I'm like, man, I really would wish I would have <laughs> written that one. That's exactly how I felt with Lothary. And I told her from the beginning, like, that's exactly, like I read it and I was like, man, I really wish I would have written it because I just I just love in terms of how, um, yeah, in terms of the voice, in terms of um, how I mean, and, and maybe it's just, you know, part of it is that, you know, Mabel is also a mom of teenagers mm -hmm. and like she she caught the she didn't just catch the voice of, you know, the parent, but also the teenagers. And it was really I really love that because it's, I mean, writing for teens is hard. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I continue to struggle with it and I try to do it because it is, it is hard for me. And I, I feel like if it's a challenge, that's what I want to continue to take on. And so I was really like, wow, like my yeah. has just got it. Snailed it. <laughs> and, yeah. and the fact that, you know, these were, you know, um, you know, this was surrounded by a Latino family. And so it was just like, yeah. So it was like, I, I'm, 
uh, yeah, I, I want to continue to, you know, uh, get to know her. So we, I mean, we continue to talk. And so when this opportunity, I was, uh, I was, uh, contacted by, um, the university of central Florida and they were, uh, doing a collaboration with Orlando rep and in, in terms of, uh, looking for, um, short plays that, uh, focus on like uh, mental, uh, mental health, um, specifically targeting, uh, teens and, um, and I mean, already, like, I mean, just that right there, I was like, I mean, I'd rather do this as a partnership. And I felt like this would be a great step to be able to, to work with Mavel. Like, I mean, mm -hmm. I, and, and get paid for it too. <laughs> of course. <laughs> but, but, but it was really just this step that I was like, let's, let's try it. Yeah. Let's, let's see. And so I asked her and, and Mavel, well, let me, let me see if I can put you my schedule and everything. And so thankfully um, uh, it worked out. And yeah, it was, I mean, I have to say it never felt like we, it felt like we had known each other for a while um, already. Like it, it, there was no like road bumps in terms of figuring out. Cause um, yeah, in terms of, I mean, uh, she had, we kind of talked ideas and she pitched a few ideas and that one, the, the one that, um, that we wrote about uh, was uh, uh, for the play. Like that was the one that was just like, it felt like we both were really kind of gripped to that. And so, yeah. Um, yeah. So she kind of gave this uh, a bit of a synopsis and then I wrote some of it and then I sent it back to her and then she wrote, uh, she wrote like, yeah, like the middle. And I just kind of, uh, you know, added on an end and then it was, yeah. Just I mean, like that, it's, effortless. It's, it's, uh, it, it's been, it felt like it, yeah. Like it really felt effortless. I, I was to say like, and we would talk over, you know, when we would get notes or even just talking over, like we knew exactly what we wanted to continue to focus on and change. Like nothing, any note they gave us never surprised us in terms of where we know we knew what needed to be because we felt we knew the story. Yeah. And part of it was just us us talking about various things. And one of the things that we were talking about was the, uh, what was that book? The uh, Spare Parts um, about the uh, the uh, these uh, high school kids who had built this um it's kind of like robot engine. Uh, you got you explain it better, Mario. <laughs> it's an underwater robot, but like there were kids yes. out in it was in Arizona, right? I don't know. Yeah, because they weren't yeah. around a water source. It was a whole thing, but it was hmm. um, it was just this this group of kids, unlikely um, uh, kids in this underwater robot. Mexican robot. kids. Me yeah, and yeah. someone documented, and um, and they ended up beating MIT, right? Wow. Like yeah, yeah, it's yeah, really and so. Yeah, when I when I read that, I when she we were talking about that, and and she knew a lot more about it. Than I, I was like, I got to read about this. So I started reading the book, and that kind of was also the the uh, what kind of helped fuel that uh, inspiration. I think on my end because I wanted to be like I, I I wanted to be able to contribute in terms of yeah. of writing this, <laughs> and uh, and yeah, that that just felt like such a beautiful story to you know to kind of take inspiration from, but then also to kind of just highlight these two uh teen latinas in terms of uh you know sisters you know mm -hmm. and really um, kind of um yeah so it was uh yeah we, and then we kind of settled on the the title uh like a jet fuel mariposa which is from the uh, uh a line from the uh, the actual play we felt like that uh right that was right. yeah the, the best way that represented what exactly what we were trying to create uh, that's amazing now mabel had you been familiar with collaboration before you started working on something like this or, or how did, did you approach collaboration before you, you got into this one with, uh, with Alvaro? 
Yes. So I, I have collaborated in, in different ways, but not in a, not in writing a play with um with any other human outside of my family. Like I work with my kids. Um, and so I didn't know. And you know, like it's not like Alvaro and I can just like go to a coffee shop and hang out and and like like we've never we've never um met in person. Um mm-hmm. so so like I was just like, I don't know, but I'm a, I'm a yes person. I'm like, let's my motto in life is let's just see how this plays out. And so like and, and we had been talking for a while and I feel like you just get energy from people. It's like this is a good dude. Like he's 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 one of the few people, that, one of the few guests that has like asked this because that's what happened. I you didn't you didn't mention this, but this is I think this speaks volumes of the kind of person that you are. Um, you asked to see our work you were like hey i want to know like you know so i'd love to read something which as a playwright to me that's that is one of the greatest honors that someone is asking you know as to read my work as opposed to me (laughs) saying would you want to read my play you know it's just really that's really generous of him you know it's not like he has all the time in the world so that he took the time to do that like that's the kind of generous um like the spirit of a mentor of an educator that's what it is so i like i i i was down for it didn't know what it was going to look like but uh, but i felt that it was a very organic collaboration and like you said it was i think we like we gelled pretty pretty quickly pretty easily yeah and one of the things i noticed uh, about the two of you in particular listening to the the podcast episodes and some of the conversations that i've had with alvaro before is this idea of just committing to something and not going into it blindly, but just accepting the challenge in a way. Do you think that that's kind of like a, something that unified you in, in your quest to, to collaborate together? Because I, I think that's kind of how both of you respond to some of the, the creative work, right? You, you don't really back down, either of you. It doesn't strike me that you back down from the challenge. Not at all. Not at all. I mean, I feel like that's... Uh... I mean, especially as I um, definitely, I mean, as I get older as a, as a playwright, like, I, I mean, I, I do see that there are some things that I'm really comfortable with, but I mean, I continue to want to grow. Mm-hmm. And but I also realized, like, I, um, I don't know, I, I think the model of theater needs to continue to change. Like, we're starting to see, we, we do, I mean, we see it in, in film and, and TV, and not saying theater isn't doing it also, but but I think it needs to be more common where we do have these collaborations and there's mm-hmm. nothing like I think that I, we can only become better playwrights and tell better stories that way sometimes. And and why should I? I don't know. Like I I I mean I I started. I mean I've been a collaborator since you know I started a performance troupe with my wife. You know. Um, and we we created uh, we would all create work, and I was mostly the writer, but bring stuff to the room and give me feedback and then come back and shape it and you know i continue to love that but i've never thought about in terms of like actually like having another like writer as a collaborator but i'm like you know why why not um mm-hmm. and uh and and thankfully you know Mavel was open for that because i i i mean i um and i always want to make sure that that i mean i understand i mean obviously i've been very fortunate to continue to have work and, and continue to get work but my goal is also like now honestly like i feel like in the last couple of years it has been the shift like i do want to find more collaborations and i want to work with other people and i mean i don't i mean there are certain stories that i'm just going to write i'm not yeah. saying people wouldn't want to write them with me but i'm going to write them anyway yeah but there are certain stories that i would love to kind of uh tackle um and and the fact that um 
I mean, like I said, I mean, you know, um, Marvel is such a creative uh, person and I really, um, like, I think we both bring different things and I think that's what makes the story better. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, um, and yeah, we, we collaborate well, I mean, so far, so. <laughs> so Marvel, what do you think? <laughs> So wait, so Alvaro, was this the first time that you that you collaborated with someone on a script? Other than the one that you did for I Have a Story with 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 your kid? Uh, um, I think so. Yeah. Well, in terms of um, yeah, I think so. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're right. Like other than the one that I, I wrote with uh, with my son with um, I Have a Story. Um, no, no, no. On it. Yeah. No. Here we go. No. <laughs> like I've had. Like I said. I mean, in terms of collaboration. Uh, with the role Mexican players, even in the last, um, I would say late, gosh, I'm, I'm blank, somewhere around 2010 or something like we, I, my wife and I, we, we wrote a, a play together. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been quite a while, you know? And um, so, yeah, so I, I definitely, like I said, that's kind of where it stemmed is, is some of that uh, knowing how to do that. Um, but I don't think like officially, like, I, I, I wouldn't, I, mean, I don't think my wife would like identify herself as a playwright. Um and uh, even though she she's written some great stuff um and so i felt like yeah so i mean so definitely i feel like this is you know also uh, i think a little bit different in terms of like working with somebody who's like committed to being a playwright yeah um and uh yeah see, seeing what stories we tell that way right yeah so let me just kind of pivot for a moment because i i wanted to ask you some things about as working playwrights how how do you see the the current state of of the type of theater that you're creating? And in this particular case, for you folks, it's family slash TYA. Is that correct? Is that a good assessment? I would I would say. I mean, I I feel like it's. Um, I mean, I've started to use the term multi generational, mm-hmm. um, because I think that's a little more accurate in terms of uh, uh, definitely more of what has. It seems like because most theaters don't kind of go under that label i think the type of work that we do tend to uh seems to be it's more receptive at theater for young audience uh theaters that really uh, specifically do that but i mean for for what i write and i know especially in terms of reading uh what uh, malwell writes like I mean, it's multi-generational and mm-hmm. and honestly like i uh i mean i, w- I would love your, your thoughts on this Mabel, but I, I i really feel like this is like a theater wants to thrive, this is what it needs to continue to do is find those where you're not just connect catering to, you know, I mean, it works sometimes when you're just catering to one specific audience, but why not cater to them all? I mean, especially in terms of, uh, you know, I mean, we love to enjoy various things as families, you know, in terms of films and outings, you know, why not theater? Yeah, I agree. And I, will, I, I, I think I'm so career wise, I'm kind of in a different, um, I have a different path than Alvaro. Alvaro is a rock star playwright. Yes, he is. He's <laughs> he's wonderful that way. But I I consider myself a a playwright so that I can be a better teaching artist because mm. for me theater has always been an issue. Um, has always had the professional theater has always had an access issue. And so who is theater for? Who is theater mm. written for? Who gets to see theater? So because I see those limitations. Um, and I also see the benefits of theater, what theater can do for a person, both the theater maker and the theater audience. Um, I'm all about um, building my own table and mm. like making the work um, for people who can enjoy it. So not at the at the macro level, but at the micro level, like working in communities. I mean, I'm, I'm a teaching artist. I teach in prison. I run a uh, 
a Latinx emerging playwrights workshop. We have a show tonight. We're actually doing our play tonight. Nice. Um, but it's but it's about um, getting back to our our roots as storytellers. Um, that's for everybody. It's not for um, you know the uh, the donors who support these larger theaters, regional theater. I mean, I love a good Broadway show. I love a, a beautifully produced play. Um, I love the aesthetic. The, going to see a play is one of my favorite things to do. But I also one of my favorite things to do is um, seeing when someone's eyes light up when they recognize their potential, the possibilities of of being able to write their own play. It's like they've just learned to fly. And yeah. that to me is that's my my um, narcotic. I'm I am addicted <laughs> to that when they just like oh, i can do this yeah and and i yeah. fortunately get to work with a lot of first-time playwrights like on like over and over again every year so yeah and that's incredible to hear because we need more people like that and i think you complement each other really well in this regard because we need the representation whether it's within the system that we already have of colleges and institutions and you know people on on the outside of that going out into the community and doing that kind of work which is something that that you both are very committed into but i this is crazy because i feel like in, to that point i was thinking of the first time that i met a brown playwright you know and i'm from wyoming so i don't you know there's only like me and a couple of other mexicans over here there's not that many of us but i was i was 24 i was a junior in college and jose cruz gonzalez came up from denver to talk to us wow and i'm gonna have to have him on the podcast too because i know That's that awesome. you guys you know uh you you're close with him um he changed my life because he made it feel like that would be possible be because before it was like i don't even know if i'm gonna be able to have and make any inroads in this field in this professional I, I don't even know if this is possible but you know having those people there in those spaces is so important and to that point i wanted to ask you if there are some things that we can impart to younger folks who don't feel like they have a place. What have you seen that works for them? Uh, especially those folks who don't feel like they have a place in theater in particular. Oof. Um, I, I can only, I can only speak uh, on what, what has worked for, for me and the community. I, I created a community. That's, that's what it is. And fortunately I have a theater that backs my community. Mm. Like I told them I want to do this thing and and they're like, "Sure. Okay. Um we'll throw some money at you, but yeah. Um and so th so that's the thing. I think it it takes but I have to say, I am so into Jose Cruz Gonzalez. Like there is no greater um role model I think in theater. Yeah. Like especially for brown people, I just think Jose Cruz Gonzalez is such a a transformational human being. I mean, just uh -huh. and one of the kindest people you will ever meet, I think. Yeah. Uh, but I w I'm inspired by him. I mean, he he ran with the Hispanic Playwrights Project for 19 years. Um, so so just seeing that, like, I, you know, there's not tons of like to lead to lead something like that requires uh, a lot of energy on on a facilitator's part right mm -hmm. so so i think it's it's um it's people having a wanting to commit to something like this knowing that many times it's going to be thankless and you're going to be doing a lot of extra work that um that may go unrecognized but man 
um, you see the benefits. Like I think, I think Jose looks at who would participated in that Hispanic playwrights project. And, you know, I mean, he talks about it, just like these amazing playwrights that came out of that. I'm seeing that with the young people that I'm working with right now. I mean, they're they're growing. I've I've created the group that I wish I had when I was their age. Mm. And now they're they're having readings all over the country. And and it's just knowing that 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 someone is like creating that space. So I think like I think it's a few things. I think, you know, if young people want to do this, like there should be no one stopping you. Like right now, the the resources out there, the technology, like sky's the limit. But it's also knowing the power of a mentor. I mean, just being in the space with Alvaro. Alvaro has been such an incredible mentor to me. I have questions. I can just like text him. And he said that to me. He's like, anytime you have any questions, like, you know, text me, email me, call me. Like he's always available to um, to help me out. And that's, I think that is what is needed. It's it's both mentorship, but it's also kids wanting to to be moting, to be motivated to to try this out and 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 don't take no for an answer you know and like if or if you're getting notes like you you know do your own thing yeah i love that like i mean i, I mean i think i think what i've learned is that um um that, that i need to do more than just you know impart advice but like how is it that i can be able to do how is it i can do like what my bell does in terms of like i mean i think one of the best ways to show what theater can do or or like you know, in terms of how the uh the younger voices can be able to help shape it is is being able to connect with the community you know in terms of either you know doing classes um you know within the community and and being able to the then you know be able to impart like um like this is you know th that this is your you can use this as your way of storytelling i mean our our you know as you know our, our people you know we come from a long line of storytellers and this is just another form of that and so what i hope to do is continue to just open that up and try and you know not stay in the way not stand in the way too much but just more be a way to like kind of say like this is you know use this as an outlet and it might not play against the rule play with the rules that you've seen or what you think theater is and that's that's okay like change it you know um i think that's the, that's the great thing about theater is that it continues to evolve and it definitely evolves the more that we uh connect with uh younger uh, younger voices because i mean you know younger people you know they have different ways of storytelling and um and so i think as long as theater continues to to embrace that and accept that like i mean it'll continue to change and and continue to also connect with uh, younger audiences than specifically continuing to rely on um, older, you know, older audiences who um, who sometimes you know might only want one certain thing, you know. Mm -hmm. And Mabel, what do you think? Well, <laughs> <laughs> did he cover? I it? think. <laughs> yeah, I think he covered it, but I also want to point out something because um, so in addition to to being a playwright and teaching artist. Um, I'm a PhD student and I'm I'm actually uh, working on a research project uh, where I'm I'm focusing on um, Latinx playwrights and playwriting. Um, and I want to say that that one of the things that I've noticed um, with as I interview people um, and also in my own career is that um, 
we Latinos have a a tradition of a, a collectivist culture, and I think that speaks to how um, Jose Cruz Gonzalez is, how Alvaro is. Um, in in that, it's it's all about um, opening the doors for the for the people that are that are behind us, right? They're mm -hmm. the ladder, the escalera, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I and I just think that is in in theater, which can be very cutthroat, which can be very neoliberalist looking out for for oneself, right? Because it's like, oh, it's that scarcity mentality. There's only so few opportunities right. and I have to, I can't share with anyone. Like it's been my experience. All of my mentors um have strangely been <laughs> um Latin Latino men really actually. Yeah. Um but they've all been that they've all been super generous and super um willing to to share these opportunities i mean i think like within this past year jose has given me has like sent me like three or four different opportunities that have all manifested in in commissions or work or you know and i just think like that is that's what we need that spirit of generosity but that is that's not something that is unique to these guys i mean that is something that we do as latinos uh-huh yeah yeah so. I only got a couple more questions because I know we're we're gonna try to keep it somewhat brief. But uh, I'm curious what is um, what is on the horizon for you folks, and what you're looking to do this year to uh, to spread the word. You know, and I know that Mabel, you're doing amazing work on the podcast. But in terms of the uh, the teaching stuff and the uh, the creative work, what's what's on the horizon for you? So I'm working on this horror TYA play. Yeah, nice. <laughs> Yes, I, that I I may have already said. Oh yeah, can we can we schedule a reading um, on this month? Because I have the script. I don't really have the script yet, <laughs> and it's done. But I, you know, it's one of those things where a, a terrible writer habit is working towards the deadline. So I'll procrastinate until I have a deadline. It's like, oh no, I have to I have to do this now. Um, so I so I have that, um, and I also, and I, I think like. <laughs> I'm going to pick it on Alvaro for a second because uh, so I'm part of the BIPOC superhero uh, yes. project nice. um, with Alvaro and Jose Casas, who, who you know, is uh, spearheading this whole mm -hmm. operation. Um, and I need to start working on that because I think Alvaro, ya me ganaste. I think you're, <laughs> I think you're already making like tremendous progress. And now I feel left behind because I have to I have to start working on my for that <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I'm really glad uh Mabel is part of that and i like i, said, I mean as she said i i am also a part of it and um i've actually yeah i've started working on mine um and uh actually i'm so i've got a few things so i'm working on the the play for the bipoc um uh, superhero play um as well as uh, i'm writing um a new adaptation for um Pam Munoz Ryan's um, Esperanza Rising, mm. um, and uh, so I'm I'm writing it uh, that specifically for uh, first stage in Milwaukee, um, and that one is uh, trying to basically create one that is a little more um, portable, um, but also incorporates music um, with the same composer I used for um, On the Wings of a Mariposa. Mm. And um, I'm also in the beginnings of working with the uh, uh, Seattle Children's Theater to reimagine um, Luchadora uh, to make it uh, to make it more of a, a smaller cast. Oh, um, 
Yeah, yeah. So, so kind of doing with that, and then also, I think, um, I think in in the uh, in the and one of the goals also, as long as, as also while I'm working on this, is is continuing to try and figure out like what other what what's that what's my, like the the next step for Mabel and I like in terms of like we've already start ta- started talking about certain play ideas and stuff like that, but that's I mean that's that's also part of it. Like, what short mm-hmm. plays can we write? How many more can we write? But then also what are the longer plays that we can take on um, that, that we can collaborate. And uh, yeah, just, I mean, this is only the beginning from, you know, that play you read, like it's only the beginning. Like I really do uh, believe that we're going to um, uh, do that. And honestly, um, I think, uh, like, I think, well, my well writes faster than I do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think we'll, we'll actually put out more plays than, than usually I do when I'm working on my own. So. So you might see a lot more work coming out that way. <laughs> That's awesome. That's great. So I got a, I got another selfish question real quick for the two of you. You're, you've worked with your kids before. Um, I'm very curious of the, that kind of relationship and, and how that benefits the work and, and what that experience was like. Uh, I know Mabel, you, you wrote a play with your, with your son and Alvaro, you, you also wrote a story with your son. Is that right? It was also a play. It was for the a same play? project. Oh, awesome. Awesome. Can you guys tell me about that? Mabel or Alvaro? Yeah, so I will uh, I will say that that was one of the great joys of my life. Although I feel like I'm saying that a lot lately, but I really do feel <laughs> that. that um, my kids are, are, are very much a part of my playwriting process. They're my first readers. So now that I'm that I'm focusing primarily on multi-generational stories, they are, they're always, um, we always do the, the zoom reading. Um, I incorporate them and my niece. Um, so it's very much a family affair. Uh, <laughs> so they're used to giving feedback. Um, I also, because I, as I mentioned, I'm a teaching artist in, um, in prison. Uh, so sometimes, you know, there's, we don't have computers in, in my class or, or access to, to type scripts. So sometimes my kids will, um, will type scripts for me. So they all, they're used mm. to very much the, they're used to, they know how to type scripts. They know how to give respectful Liz Lerman feedback. <laughs> uh, they, they're very much a part of this journey. So um, the, the way that the, uh, the ask for that, for that project, I have a story came up is that I was in the meeting with, um, with Jenny Millinger from uh, Child's Play and my son like happened to walk into the room and it's like she she asked, "Is that your kid?" And he was asking for crayons because this was back during uh, Zoom homeschooling days. Um, and she said, "Do you would you like to write? Uh, would you like to write a play with him about uh, his about about like COVID or like this time period? This this very uh, volatile time period that uh, what kids are going through at this time." And my kid was down for it. I was down for it. It was. A, a wonderful experience. Um, I think that book is really cool. I don't know if you're if you've seen it, if you're familiar with it, but the work in that book is quite the time capsule of what kids were going through. I mean, from all kinds of things, dealing with COVID, dealing with um, the George Floyd situation, yeah. you're with Asian hate. I mean, gosh, it covered the breadth of what's really on kids' minds. Wow. And 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 for me, it was really special because uh, it was very reflective of of our experience as a family going through um the pandemic we're in california so our kids um stayed at home longer than most other states um 
Like there were, you know, one and a half years of homeschooling uh, for my son. And so, uh, it, but it was a really, really great experience. I, my kid is a playwright now um, because of that project. Like wow, he'll awesome. write plays on his own without me asking him. I tell him to go do the laundry. Um, <laughs> 45 minutes later, I get, uh, you know, so-and-so wants to share a Google Doc with you. And it's a play about <laughs> one sock having a crush on another sock. Um, oh, that's incredible. So, yeah. So been, yeah. So, yeah, we, we, I did not grow up with theater. It was not a part of my world, but that's not the case for my boys. Wow, that is beautiful. And the fact that you've got them to also type up your scripts, I wish I could get my boy to do that. <laughs> uh, <Our mom. laughs> yeah, I mean, it's kind of approached the same way. Um, but I think it was, uh, so it was Dramatic Publishing who put out um, the, this uh, anthology called I Have a Story. Um, and, uh, and so I was approached the uh, same way, but they said they wanted to, you know, where it was, they wanted to connect with young people, but they also wanted professional playwrights. And when I, when I was asked, I said specifically, I was like, I know you're going to connect with a young person, but I was like, you know, I have a son and I was like, and he's obviously going through this too. And I would love to, if it's possible, I would love to work with my son. And so they, um, they said, yeah, well, yeah, you know, that would be great. Um, and so it was, uh, and for me, I kind of approached it. Like I would, um, I would just kind of talk to him. Uh, uh, I would talk to him about various things that happened um at school the various memorable things and i would just um i would actually record them on my phone just so i could um really get his voice in terms of the story um and continue to just uh find these whatever stories we talked about and one of the things he he would always obviously love coming uh home uh he'd always talk about the the um being able to um uh play uh kickball again because they were allowing there was a point where they were allowing them to go to school just for a little bit um, but, uh, it was, uh, it was more of finally, he was able to kind of re-engage with some friends who they can only engage, you know, through the screen. And so I felt like that was something that, that I wanted to kind of explore. So it was, it was really cool. And I, I mean, I, I, I kind of wrote the draft and I gave it to him and I was like, okay, like, tell me what, what works for you. And then he gave me his feedback and then kind of went, we're there. So it was really cool. Like, I mean, I, 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 I. I dream of uh, of figuring out ways to kind of continue to to collaborate with my son, but I'm also like he's uh he's gotten into his uh he plays electric guitar and so he's kind of he's kind of starting to write his own songs, which is cool. And I'm like, okay, well, you That's know, amazing. he's just tell he's totally telling stories in a different way. He's not going to be a playwright, which you know that. That that's totally fine with me. But I, I'm really glad that he's kind of also fine has this outlet to to tell his own stories, and and maybe it is through through music, and so. But but I'm hoping, you know, maybe one day we'll, we'll collaborate, maybe even write a, you know, sort of musical or something. I don't know. But, you know, but uh, but it, it, it totally awesome experience. I mean, I I mean, uh, it, and it was awesome. Like what I also loved about it is to be able to kind of read um, various other people's work. And that was another reason how I also learned about Mobile's work. I'm like, oh, she's in this book. Let me, <laughs> let me, let me see what she's writing here. So it's so. A great collection in terms of the the various different uh, stories and uh, the voices from the young people in terms of what they were experiencing at the time. No, that's incredible. And lastly, uh, I just uh, want to ask you what what you think the outlook is moving on from COVID, moving on from uh, from these difficult years that we've had. What do we have to look forward to in the theater? I think what we have to look forward to in the theater. Well, I don't know. Again. 
because I stay in my in my community and it's just we're unstoppable right now. Mm. And and we need so awesome. to, we need to keep keep charging ahead and writing our stories, performing our stories and planting our feet in the sand that theater is for us. Theater is for all of us. Yes, yes. Yes, a million percent with that. Um, I would say the this uh, the I, am I interrupting? If you if you have more to say, Mario, I don't want to interrupt. That, that was my mic drop moment. Oh, okay, oh sorry. <laughs> I the videos off. <laughs> here's here's the way I think theater is. Theater is continuing to go back to its roots. Where I mean, we're starting to see more and more theaters um, disappear still in terms of, and you know, part of that is in terms of budgetary and various other things. And so, um, I think theater is going to thrive in how it used to in terms of where, where it is smaller, but still uh, effective, you know, in terms of maybe even more portable. Um, and so we'll still have, you know, obviously the, the big regional theaters, but in terms of the, I think some of the smaller theaters are, are, are figuring out like ways to be able to kind of, how can we uh, really focus on the storytelling aspect and, and maybe not as much in terms of, like spectacle. I mean, there's nothing wrong in terms of, you know, having scenic design, costume design, and all these other things, you know, when, when it's possible, but we can still make theater without it. I mean, you know, I mean, my inspiration comes from uh, Teatro Campesino, right? Like in terms mm. of what uh, uh, Luis Valdez was able to do with, with uh, people who weren't even trained in theater to be able to kind of tell stories and, and tell important stories um, and use theater to, to be able to uh, connect with the community. Like, I, I think we're going to continue to start seeing that, but we're going to start seeing it in smaller, um, more, you know, not in traditional theaters and seeing it in, in, uh, in ways that we can still see. And what I'm hoping is that we have more theaters that actually, uh, that continues to reflect the communities that they come out of. So not really focusing on like the big national like playwrights and like nothing wrong with that. But I think it's uh, in order for theater to continue to thrive and grow. Like, I think we, we will also see uh, these smaller pockets of theaters doing exactly what Marvel and, and her uh, theater company is doing is to really finding, you know, celebrating the stories from the, that community. Mm -hmm. And, um, and the more that we do that, it's going to impact, it's going to impact more communities, you know, and what's great is that, you know, sometimes some of the work that, that's going to come out of that uh, will be published and then other people have, can have access to it and be more inspired by it. Um, so, I mean, there's there's so much really uh, cool things that are that I feel like it's theater is really kind of starting to I feel is just going to kind of uh, regenerate itself and rethink itself, but also get back to the roots of, of storytelling. Mic drop. Yeah, that's those are two beautiful mic drops, two beautiful notes to end on. <laughs> so I want to thank you both so much for taking the time to do this, for putting up with the, some of the technical difficulties. But Alvaro, it was a pleasure to see you again and talk to you again. Mabel, it was such a pleasure to meet you and get to know a little bit about you during this short time. But uh, thank you for the work that you're both doing uh, as as a podcaster, as as playwrights and educators. You're doing so much to to lift people up and to lead the way in in so many ways so it's been a total pleasure and i hope that we can do this again get more people in the mix next time too <laughs> oh hi man i i have to, i mean i would be we would be remiss if not saying like 
what you're doing is also important. The fact that you and uh, are doing, you know, that you did something like this. I mean, we have, you know, I mean, and I mean, we cannot discount the fact that my level, even both of you, both podcasters, mm-hmm. like you're making this, you, you're making this accessible, you know, in terms of who, who the work that we do, um, the work that we all do. And, and, and that's important too. And, and so I, I'm, I'm grateful. Like when I got to connect with you and I, I saw that you were, you know, putting out a call for uh, a guest, you know, and being your fourth guest, I didn't even know that. Like, I was like, you know, I was like, man, if, if, if I had more time, this is what I would love to do, but I'm glad this guy's doing it. So I don't know who this guy is, but I'm gonna definitely reach out, you know? And, and so, and then the same thing with my bell, like, I mean, I, 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 uh, when she was like, yeah, we've got this podcast. I'm like, what? Like, yeah, I would love to do it. Like, I, what you are doing are, isn't just, I mean, connecting with so many levels and, and making this stuff accessible, which is so awesome. Um, like that's inspiring to me. And so I'm just, I'm always grateful to be ju- just, uh, just to be a part of any of something like this and uh, we'll always be grateful. And so I thank you. And, and, um, and then obviously I, I, I'm always grateful for Mabel being, uh, saying yes to, to, to collaborating. Um, we got, <laughs> we got many things that we, we continue to dream. So we've got, so if we, they're, they're coming, they're coming. We're figuring it all out. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Jaime, thank you so much for this. And again, congratulations on your hundredth episode. Yeah. That's amazing. That is no small. F- and I- so, yeah. Uh, and I feel I feel like this is weird because normally I'm the one asking questions and we didn't <laughs> ask you about your work, which <laughs> which well, uh, if, if you want to like talk a little bit about that, I don't know for like a, a minute or so. I know we're trying to wrap up, but I was just like, this is this feels very <laughs> yeah, what it, I mean. it, it felt very, uh, you know, like the plan just kind of went out the window today. But uh, I just wanted to. Yeah, to, to say that it's been really inspiring, but. Um, I write and record and really mostly I'm a playwright who gets distracted. If you really want to know the core of, of who I am, um, I love and hate playwriting and I stopped doing it for, for a long time, a few years. And it feels like now I'm kind of getting a little bit more comfortable with where I'm at, you know, as a parent, uh, as a Mexican in Wyoming, as a husband and everything. And, and it feels like life is getting me back to playwriting. And so I'm just really blessed that I get to talk to you folks who are just doing such amazing things that it makes me feel like this, this is, is the right way to move forward, to keep making art, uh, in the theater. So that's, that's where I'm coming from mostly. <laughs> I love it. And, and I feel like the existential crisis is a daily occurrence for players, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely. Definitely. Yeah. But hopefully, folks, we'll get to catch up a little bit more down the road. But I don't want to take up too much of your time. I know we just scratched the surface. But, man, you folks are kicking ass. So thank you for taking the time to join me. And I really hope that we get to talk again soon. Excellent. Thank you so much, Jaime. Take care. And I'll be in touch over email, okay? All right. Talk to you then. Have a good Saturday. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Bye.